Will you stop? Will you stop? Dang, damn it. Will you stop? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the inaugural podcast of Will You Stop? My name is Brandon. This is going to be a podcast from fans for fans. It is WrestleMania weekend. We decided it is appropriate to launch this new wrestling podcast on the biggest weekend of the calendar year in professional wrestling. It doesn't matter what company it's for. Everyone moves and comes down to wherever WrestleMania is this year. It's in New York City, or as they like to say, under the shadow of New York City, because WrestleMania tomorrow will be in New Jersey. But a lot going on. Last night was NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn. There's a lot going on tonight. The Hall of Fame in Brooklyn tonight. But we're here to talk about WrestleMania. Like I said, my name is Brandon. This is going to be a podcast from fans for fans. Next to me, as always, is my oldest, dearest friend. His name is Avi. He is a virtual encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge. And in episode one, today's podcast, what we're going to be talking about is the granddaddy of them all. We are going to be talking about WrestleMania, which are good, which are bad, which are ugly, and which are plain shit. So I'd like to introduce, like I said, my oldest friend. This is Avi. I am here. I am here to discuss wrestling. I've been a fan probably since about 1982, so I have the unique perspective of the fact that I've actually watched every single one of these WrestleManias, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the shit, sat through them, suffered through some of them, had fun through others, seen some of the greatest moments, and just simply had fun with it. Like I said, I'm a lifelong fan. Wrestling has always been something that's been part of my life. It's been a passion of mine. I consider myself to be a wrestling historian of sorts. Um, I have studied the business, I know the business, and now we're going to have some fun with it. So let's kick this puppy off, Brandon. Let's go right to it. Okay, we're going to talk about WrestleMania 1, Avi. Now, like, you are the historian. We talk about this for years. It's always been the backstory of situations, matches, angles. You've always had that backstory. So just for people who are new to wrestling, who might be checking out our podcast, what exactly, how exactly did WrestleMania come to be? Well, WrestleMania 1 falls out in 1985, and this is during Vince's big national push. Um, wrestling now, with the help of Vince and Hulk Hogan, obviously, are becoming part of American mainstream, becoming part of American culture. And I hate to say this, but WrestleMania, in many respects, was, like many times WWE tends to do, a borrowed idea. I will not say ripped off, but it was a borrowed idea. From the AWA, correct? Uh, NWA, who started Starcade. Starcade 83, of course, was the first quote-unquote super show. Um, back then, there was no pay-per-view. Uh, believe it or not, a little known fact is that WrestleMania was not on pay-per-view. Pay-per-view really didn't exist in this point. It was actually shown mostly on closed circuit. There were some pay-per-view subscribers. I think most of them were in cities like Manhattan, uh, Los Angeles, much bigger cities. Outside of that, you know, I was living in Brooklyn at the time. There was no pay-per-view in Brooklyn. So you either watched it closed circuit or you went there live. Um, so to capitalize on the national uh, explosion, Vince came up with this super show. It was very highly injected. With celebrities, I mean, your main event had Mr. T in it, who was white hot at the time. Um, 1985, there was very few celebrities bigger than Mr. T at that time. Between the A-Team and, of course, you had um, 
Rocky three years before that. And just overall, I mean, the guy had a, a breakfast cereal. How big do you got to be to get your own breakfast cereal? I mean, and think a, about it. And a cartoon. And a cartoon. And don't forget about DC Cab, because, you know, that, that classic with Mr. T. <laughs> a movie I saw, by the way. Thank you very much. But, yeah, once you get a breakfast cereal, you've made it in this world. I don't care who you are. So that main event was huge. Looking at the card itself, I got to put this under the category of ugly. I mean, I have tried... And WrestleMania is always going to have a special place in everyone's heart. Listen, it's the granddaddy of them all. It's the first major WWE, uh, you know, event of this magnitude. It's at Madison Square Garden. And let's, you, let's be real. It fails. We're not talking about WWE oh, absolutely. today. absolutely. Vince put all of his money into this. All of his, I think I've heard Mr. T actually got paid $20,000 for this. And this is 1985. You're talking a significant amount of money. Um... You look at the card itself, I mean, if you go through the entire card, you'd be hard-pressed to find any classics here. You're just not going to find a classic. If you actually look at the card and chop out the main event, it's really a run-of-the-mill, typical Madison Square Garden house show that you could have watched on MSG or USA Network back then, every, you know, once every, every month on a Monday night. I mean, you open up with Tito Santana against the Executioner, and you know as well as I do, Santana's always had a special place in my heart. I've always liked the guy, always liked his work. He's going against the Executioner. Who was the Executioner? Who I know who was under the mask. I actually had to research it when I watched WrestleMania last week because I didn't want to sound dumb today. I know who it is, and he's actually going into the Legacy Hall of Fame tonight. I believe it's Playboy Buddy. It Wallace. was Playboy Buddy. That is correct. Have you ever actually seen the interview he gives before the match? It was the worst promo <laughs> in the history of promos. <laughs> I'm going to work on that leg for Greg Valentine. But anyway, yeah. I mean... A horrible match. I mean, not a horrible match. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically a typical, you know, mid-80s Tito Santana squash match. What I found actually funny was all those promos was the guys were literally in the room together. And it was one came from the left side, one came from the right side. But yeah, not to get too much into WrestleMania. We have a lot of WrestleManias to go through. We got 34 to go through. Um, but it's the first one, so it's always going to have a special place in everyone's heart. The only redeemable match I could find here is probably your tag title match, which is Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda, affectionately known as the U.S. Express, against Sheik and Volkov. Now, Sheik and Volkov are white-hot heels at this time. You have the whole Russian-Iranian thing going on, so they're going to be hot no matter what. Rotunda and Windham, for what it's worth, were a pretty good tag team. So, this is a, I say it's a good match. Meltzer gave it three stars. I would agree it's a three-star match. Otherwise, you're not going to find much else in this pay-per-view, or this WrestleMania, rather. It's just not a great one. It has to go in the ugly category, but it's the first one, so it always has a special place in my heart. Um, from there, we go right into WrestleMania 2. WrestleMania 2, it's coming from three places at the same time. Logistically, how much was it challenged you, that you are aware of for Vince? I mean, not only is it three different places, it's three different time zones... I know people were watching closed circuit in Chicago while and in LA when the New York part was going on and vice versa on the three different things. Do you remember or do you know why he decided to do three different places? Was it just to go bigger, better, better? Believe it or not, this is once again Vince looking at his competition, the NWA at the time, and saying we can do better than they did. Starcade eighty five, which is in November of eighty five, came from two different places, came from the Omni and I believe it came from Charlotte. And Vince being Vince said, okay, they do it from two places. We're going from three gotta places. Go three. Gotta always um, one-up them. Little known fact, this WrestleMania was on a Monday night. 
Monday night. Oh, this so was this, a Monday night. So this is even before SummerSlams used yep. to be on Monday nights. This was a Monday night show. Uh, the reasoning that I got this was on a Monday night is because Vince could not lock down the Garden. Um, I guess maybe because it's playoff time for the Knicks and Rangers, hard to move around it. And he wanted to come from New York, and the only building he could get was on a Monday night was the Nassau Coliseum. Um, so yeah, it came from the Nassau Coliseum in New York. It came from the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago. came from the L.A. Sports Arena. Um, if you combine all three, it came out to around 45, 46,000 and change as far as uh, attendance goes. This is a bad WrestleMania. I'm not going to say ugly, I will say bad. The matches that stick out for me your tag title match, which happened in Chicago, Brutus BK, Greg Valentine, the Dream Team against the Bulldogs. I always thought it was a great match. I always enjoyed that match. That was actually the match I probably look forward to the most personally because I love the British Bulldogs. Um. From there, a little-known great match, I think it's a classic tag team match, is you got the, the Funk brothers, Terry and Dory Funk, one's the name of Haas Funk back then, against Santana and JYD. Great match. And I think, you know, you look at the other matches in the card, they're not great. I mean, the, the boxing match with Piper and T was an absolute catastrophe. And they gave it 15 minutes. 15 minutes for a box wrestler versus an actor boxing match. Here's the issue with that match. The crowd ripped it to shreds. The one thing about wrestling crowds, and we're seeing it right now with Ronda Rousey, we don't take well the people coming into our territory, so to speak. Celebrities get that initial pop. Put a celebrity against a wrestler. You're going to see the wrestler in due time, especially one of the caliber of Roddy Piper, is going to get that pop. You watch this match. Go on the WWE Network. They may have dubbed it for all we know, but if they haven't dubbed it, watch this match and you'll see a crowd truly turn on a celebrity. Now, was wouldn't Mr. T have kind of been inducted into the fraternity because of WrestleMania 1 and his association with Hogan, and now he's in a second WrestleMania performing, not just appearing in the crowd, but actually performing. Even back in 86, they, wouldn't, they didn't take him in as like an honorary member of the wrestling? Nah, it's Piper. Piper was so over at a heel, you're not going to touch him at that point. Piper's one of those heels, he almost goes along the lines of a superstar Billy Graham, or even a rock back in 98, where they were so hot as a heel, they started to get cheered. One match on this card that always had me interested was Randy Savage against George Steele. In my studies, and from what I understand, that match was actually supposed to be Randy Savage against Tito Santana in a steel cage to blow off their feud over the IC title, and for whatever reason, Vince put the kibosh on it and put George Steele instead. They had a decent program, but imagine Savage and Santana in the cage match in WrestleMania. How much that changes this WrestleMania? Well, you know, not- if you look at your main event, typical Hogan '80s, him against Bundy, the unstoppable monster, throw him in a cage. I mean, I'm nine years old at the time. Even I knew Hogan was winning this match. I mean, because that was that a reason why they he put the kibosh on the Savage Santana? Because- it's possible not to, you know. Uh, Overshadow, you know, Hogan and and, and and Bundy. But if you think about it, the year after that, Hogan and Andre gets overshadowed by Steamboat Savage. And it's yeah. going to take us right into WrestleMania 3. Maybe they only had one blue cage and they couldn't have him both. possibility <laughs> also. Oh, those great, those blue cages, man. I'm I'll saying, be honest, I hated those blue cages. We're talking 86, though. He, may, he wasn't that big yet. He may only have one cage at the and time. I might be wrong by saying this, but I actually always assumed that that cage was made specifically so Hogan could get his ass over the top of it. Because oh. I do not see Hogan be a Or Bundy. Or someone. But I have a feeling yeah. those cages were made for Hogan. All right, now we're going to go to WrestleMania 3. And this is, for me, this is where you and I had a little bit of butted heads a little bit on 
Obviously, WrestleMania 3 is perhaps the most iconic WrestleMania in history. It, it opens might, up your shows. It opens up your pay-per-views. The first thing you see is Hogan slamming Andre. It might actually be the most iconic wrestling event in modern history. Absolutely. But the match sucked. Listen, the match is terrible, but you have to take certain things into consideration in wrestling. You're going to have matches, and you'll find them on different pay-per-views that weren't great matches. But they're so iconic, you have to give them their respect. Hogan-Andre, listen, to get a good match out of Hogan is not easy to do. Getting a good match out of Andre, you're depending on Hogan to give you a good match. Take away that match. Just take away the match, the iconic, the, the passing of the torch from Andre to Hogan and taking wrestling to that next status. 93,000 people. That, that's an unheard of crowd for a wrestling event. Up until that time, the biggest wrestling event ever in one area. And, I mean, you're not going to go back to the 1910s and 20s where 100,000 people choked because there was nothing on TV, nothing to do that day anyway. But if you're looking at a regular wrestling event, I think the biggest one up until that point was one of the Shea Stadium shows that had like 21 or 22,000. I think, if I remember hearing correctly this week, I think it was, headed, it was maybe Bruno and Zabisco. Uh, yeah, that was your biggest one in America. I mean, they had, uh, I remember leading up to WrestleMania 3, I believe it was the August of 86, you had a exhibition stadium in, in Toronto pulled 74,000. The main event was, uh, was Hogan and Orndorff. But inside of, of, of the United States, I mean, I think the closest you ever came to that, like I said, was 20,000 and change at Shea. 93,000, that's huge. Let's, let's be honest. It's iconic. The main event. As Gorilla said, the irresistible force, meaning the immovable object, them face to face. It's been in video games. It's it's led every single one of their crawls before every show for the last thirty years. Well, listen, yeah, it's an ugly match. It's iconic. If you look at the card thoroughly, I mean, it's not a great card. Piper Adonis is a pretty good match. I wouldn't say it's a classic by any means, but it's a good match. Savage Steamboat. I mean, Savage Steamboat changes wrestling. It, it basically takes it brings the false finish into our verbiage that you never saw matches with 15 false finishes before savage and steamboat went at it it's an ugly pay-per-view but it's iconic and in that sense you have to give it its respect okay and my question for the, you on wrestlemania 3 is this does savage steamboat open the way for smaller guys to go over instead of the Six foot eight Hogan's against the six ten four hundred pound Bundys or studs. Does it open Vince's eyes at all to your knowledge that you know what these smaller guys can go at it in the ring? It's not five moves of doom, and they can put on an amazing match that gets the fans going. And does that open up to guys in the later years? You know the Michaels. Oh, absolutely. Are Listen, I don't think you get guys like Savage, Hart, Michaels, uh, or even Austin. As world champion without a match like this. this. This match actually changes wrestling. Up until then, if you wanted to see a match like this, you were looking at the NWA. World class. AWA, maybe. But really, it was, you know, guys like Flair giving you matches like that. You know, when he would go against Wyndham and whatnot. You didn't get matches like this in the WWF back then. And that's what I think really changed things. You know, Savage and, and Santana, um, they had great matches. I mean, it's this. I think Savage always had great matches regardless. What's interesting about the Savage Steamboat match is that if you actually look at Savage and Steamboat's first encounter, 
The finish in that match was actually the same finish Savage and Santana had months later to win the IC title. So, you know, Savage to me is is to me a standard bearer in the history of the WWF where he said, okay, yeah, us guys who aren't six foot seven, three hundred pounds can also get it done. Which then led him into WrestleMania four, our next WrestleMania to look at. Okay, let's I'm not let, spending let, much time on this one. This is an ugly, ugly, ugly I think yeah. we could actually just combine the two Atlantic City WrestleMania. Absolutely. Into a big giant snowball of shit. Yeah, yeah. Let's be, let's let's go through it. You had the largest television audience of all time in February of that year, where still the, the largest. Thirty three million people watched that match. The twin referees, perhaps the greatest single yeah. original idea WWF ever had. It might be the only original idea they've had still. <laughs> okay, you know we all know the the sloppy butterfly suplex into the cover. Hogan's shoulders up. Dave and Earl Hebner there. Go ahead, do the, the Hogan, what was it? It was Hogan's promo. The petty pitching referee, brother. How much, how much <laughs> was a plastic surgery mean, Gene? It, uh, listen, WrestleMania 4 and 5, and I'm going to bring this up, and, and you know, I think some people may get the impression that I, I'm more of a non-WWE fan than I am. Listen, I've been watching WWE since 1982. If you look at WrestleMania 4 and 5, and you're talking March 88, April of 89, WWF at this point was kind of in a lull. You weren't getting the great matches you had in 86 and 87 at a Savage Steamboat, Bret Hart, guys like that. You kind of got to a point where it was becoming a little almost cartoonish. And even as a kid, I'm looking at the NWA because they're giving us better matches. If you look, WrestleMania 4 goes head-to-head with the first clash of champions. You get Steamboat, I'm sorry, you get Sting and Flair, 45-minute classic. That clash of the champions, which I didn't watch that day. I watched WrestleMania 4, obviously was far better, and maybe one day we'll review it, than WrestleMania 4 was. The following year, with WrestleMania 5, you get a classic between Flair and Steamboat. Two out of three falls going 55 minutes. WrestleMania 5 couldn't touch what Clash of the Champions was showing that day. So WrestleMania 4 and 5, to me, was, was almost like a down period in the middle of the WWE boom, or WWF boom, as it was called back then, for the simple fact that if you looked at the NWA, they were giving you better matches. You look at WrestleMania 4 and 5, I cannot find one really good match. DiBiase Savage, it was a 9-minute good match for the final. At that point, you were so worn out and so tired. You just wanted to finish up. I mean, back then, people weren't used to 4-hour paper. No, not even close. You just I mean, wanted to finish and get through it. And then WrestleMania 5, I mean, the closest you come to a good match there, a perfect against Blue Blazer. I mean, it was basically Owen Hart against Kurt Henning, which probably could have been a classic, but that's the closest you get to a good show. I mean, I can't spend much more time in WrestleMania 4 and 5 other than saying you're better off spending your time watching Clash of the Champions those days. Well, they gave Hogan Savage, uh, well, Meltzer, I should say, gave right. Hogan Savage two and three-quarter stars. How would you rate that as far as, you know, I would say that was a better main event than WrestleMania 4. Honestly, I've seen Hogan and Savage. They had better matches at MSG House shows than they had that day. I mean, if you want to see Hogan and Savage at their best, Go on the WWE Network and watch some of their stuff from the MSG house shows back in the day. I mean, there were some shows where Slap, Savage is a bloody mess. Those guys had far better matches than you would see at WrestleMania Five. Now we move into a new decade. We're moving into 1990. People are getting sick of the red and yellow. They're getting a little sick of the Hogan must pose, say your prayers, take your vitamins. And along comes Jim Hellwig. Oh, God. Oh. But he, what he lacked in sensical promos, he, he captured something with, with the audience. And it was the time for changing the guard. And for the first time in 
four plus years, Hogan's going to get pinned clean. I'm going to get to that match in a second. I look at WrestleMania 6, and it was funny. This was the one WrestleMania I was salivating over this. Um, we get to WrestleMania 6, and I mean, I remember going through the card, you know, and, re- and reading it again and kind of watching it. It wasn't a great WrestleMania or pay-per-view at all. Uh, Rockers, Orient Express, I mean, that's Shawn Michaels, enough said. It's hard to get a bad match out of Shawn Michaels. Even back then. Yeah, I mean, you had decent workers in the match. If you think about it, you have Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, and the Orient Express, who were a bad company in the AWA. They weren't bad either. So, I mean, you're not going to get a bad match as far as tag team matches go. Um, Hogan Warrior. As you know, I was a huge Hogan fan. Still a Hogan fan. I never cared for the Warrior. It was cool when he came out during SummerSlam, you know, completely unexpectedly and beat the Hockey Talk Man. You never saw anything like that, where the champion comes out and goes, anybody wants me, come and get me. Guy flies to the ring and you have a 30-second squash. You never saw that in wrestling. So that got the excitement going. It was probably, dare I say, Warrior's second best match ever, which his first best match is coming up in about a minute. Um, Definitely one of Hogan's better matches. The ending, I mean, yeah, Hogan loses clean, etc., etc. I just, to me, I never bought Warriors champion. I never wanted him as champion. I was actually happy when he lost it at the Rumble the following year. I just, to me, this card is bad. Um, I can go borderline ugly. I, I Like I said, I just never got excited about Warrior winning, winning the title on this one. Little me was a big Warrior fan. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a Warrior fan. I wanted Warrior to win. I popped, like squealed like anyone's business <laughs> that Warrior won. It was as, I want to call it almost like iconic on this WrestleMania 2 because no one ever, ever moved away from the leg drop. Absolutely, but I mean, it's, it's the Warrior. I can't put the Warrior in that iconic league. Hogan, Savage, Andre, Rock. Austin, even Triple H, Flair, Taker. Those are iconic guys to me in the history of the WWE or WWF, whatever you want to look at it this time. I can't go with Warrior on that. Um, moving on to WrestleMania 7. We're going to get some flack on this one. I'm saying it. WrestleMania 7, historically, has always been shit on. It's a good WrestleMania. You open up at the Rockers against Barbarian Haku, which is not a bad match. Hard Foundation Nasty Boys is a good tag title match. Okay, from there, you go the beginning of the streak with Undertaker and Snuka. Not a good match, but once again, it's Taker. It's iconic start of the streak. Savage Warrior, Randy Savage should be giving, I mean, an entrance into the Hall of Fame just based on this match alone. He carried the Ultimate Warrior to what I deem as a great match. Warrior's best match ever. Would you say Savage... In the 80s, and Shawn Michaels in the 90s and beyond were literally the same person. Absolutely. They could have carried a broomstick to a great match. Uh, different ways of going about it, I think, where Michaels would take the pounding and get pounded on to make his opponent look stronger than he really was. Savage was just great with the psychology, where you had no idea where this match was going to end or how it was going to end. Moving on to the main event, Hogan Slaughter is not a bad match. You know, all in all, WrestleMania 7, I don't think is that bad of WrestleMania. It gets shit on. And honestly, I can go WrestleMania 8 in the same category. It's a WrestleMania that gets shit on, but isn't a bad match. You know, we're going to go right into WrestleMania 8 here. 
Michaels opens it up against El Matador. I mean, listen, Michaels and Santana, you're not going to find two better workers than those guys. Wasn't a bad match. Piper Hart was a great match. Savage Flair, I think, is one of the most underrated matches in the history of the business, period. That should have been the main event, in my opinion. Absolutely. Listen, WWF, WCW, ECW, I don't care what it is, Savage Flair can stand up to the test of time. Out of nowhere, finish with the roll-up. I thought it was a great match. The rest of the card sucks, but you know what? It's really not as bad as, as a card as you would think it is. Uh, WrestleMania 9, I'm spending three seconds on this. This is the absolute biggest pile of shit. Well, second biggest pile of shit at WrestleMania 11, which we'll get to in a minute. I mean, Michaels against the Tonka. Okay, that was not, not a bad match. The rest of this card is absolute garbage. The only thing that made this card good for me was the fact that Hogan was back. It was almost like, you know, good times are back again. And there's actually a, uh, you can probably YouTube this. Where at the end of the card, Vince breaks kayfabe, comes to the ring, and actually hugs Hogan. And raises his hand. And raises his hand and say, oh, the good times are back again. Otherwise, yeah, this show is absolute shit. Poor Bret Hart. I've always said this. There's a couple of cards in the history of wrestling. And maybe we'll do a podcast on this. You can change. I think if you take Yokozuna out of the main event, and you go Bret Hart versus Randy Savage, and Hart actually mentions this in his book, I think that's the way you cement Hart as your new generation guy. If you look at Bret Hart and you put him at Randy Savage in the main event of WrestleMania 9, let those two guys work out a 20-25 minute classic. A, you're going to look at Hart much differently as a champion. B, you don't have the Yokozuna nonsense. And C, you're getting a great match out of this. It actually could salvage what was, God, just one of the worst pay-per-views ever. The thing that, to me, tomorrow, which is most important about WrestleMania 9 is a distinct possibility we may see that end angle be used again and rehashed with the Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins situation. There, I feel there is a good chance that Brock is going to destroy Seth. Seth will get a few licks in. He'll get destroyed. And in the role of Hulk Hogan coming to defend his brother, you're going to have Mr. Roman Reigns come out. Paulie's going to get... A little bit too big for his britches. Says Brock will defend the title. Superman punch spear. Roman gets that universal I hope title. not because then you're making Drew look really bad because you're going to have Drew against Roman. It should be a knockout drag out match. And this guy all of a sudden heals up to win the world title. A universal title. I hope not. WrestleMania 10. This is a good WrestleMania. Back to the Garden. We're back to Madison Square Garden. 10th this anniversary. Is- it's a good WrestleMania. You open up with Hart versus Hart. Great match. Um, Would you consider that the greatest opening match in WrestleMania history? Uh, 35 years later. There has been there was one more good one. We'll talk about it later on in the cast. That, that was also pretty good. Listen, Michaels-Ramon, that is a five-star classic ladder match. It's the beginning of the ladder match. And it's funny, I remember talking to you when they first announced the ladder match. And me and you were like, how dumb is this going to be? And then meanwhile, they gave us one of the greatest matches ever. Um... Listen, Hart Yokozuna, Hart once again does the best he can. Honestly, just based on Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Michaels Ramon, Bret Hart Yokozuna, I got to give this a good WrestleMania. I mean, the ending of the Bret Hart Yokozuna match was not a great ending. There's only so much you can do with Hart and Yokozuna for an ending. I honestly believe this really wasn't a bad pay-per-view. And honestly, I'll give you another match. The ending was kind of stupid, but Savage versus Crush I thought was a good match. Well, on to the Hart-Yoko match. I think one of the bigger problems with that match was Yoko was blown up to about 550 at this point. And had a match earlier in the day already. Yeah. 
Okay, while we're talking about WrestleMania 10, why did Lex Luger, the Lex Luger Express, the Lex Luger Experiment, fail? Um, there was the old story that he gave away the ending to the match, which I just I just listened to the Bruce Pritchard uh, podcast, uh, something to wrestle with, where he went over it. Basically, Vince and company at that point kind of figured out that Lex was just, was not going to get over. I have never been a Lex Luger fan. I never thought Lex Luger deserved the title shot at Starcade 88. I didn't think he deserved the title shot at WrestleMania 10. I never thought Lex Luger should have gotten pushed the way he got pushed. He had a look. That was about it. And I think at this point, Vince and Pat and company just realized this guy wasn't going to cut it. Honestly, you were just better off putting Luger in a different program and letting you know Yokozuna and Hart just have their rematch. I didn't see a reason for that. Um, WrestleMania 11. I mean, there's nothing to discuss here. There really isn't. I mean, even... Shawn Michaels couldn't carry Diesel to even a half-decent match. There's not one match. It was a downtime for the WWE or WWF back then. It's 95. 95 for wrestling all in all was a bad year. Um, you're having WrestleMania at the, at the Hartford Civic Center, which, by the way, a little-known fact, is inside of a mall. And yeah. no disrespect to Bam Bam Bigelow, but if that's who you're putting in your main event... Then you know things are not doing yeah, well. Yeah, this was just bad business wise. Like I said, you put your you're in Hartford, Connecticut. I mean, you have Jared against Ramon. Could have been a good match. Uh, Taker continues his streak against you know Bundy at this point. Hart and Yokozuna smoking guns. Yeah, it was nice seeing Yokozuna back. I can't take much out of this. WrestleMania 11 is probably considered. It's, it's got to be considered the worst WrestleMania ever. I can't see a WrestleMania worse than that. Did Vince decide? Seeing that business was down and knowing that this was just not going to work at a WrestleMania, be like, you know what? Let me do the best I can. Let me bring a celebrity in. Let me at least get the press. That's exactly what happened. That's all that was. I mean, they had that big brouhaha in Times Square. Just bought a press. That's all it really was. It was just a PR stunt. Uh, WrestleMania 12, I'm saying it, an ugly, overrated WrestleMania. I agree with you fully on that. The The Iron Man match just did nothing for me. I found it to be the most boring hour-long match there is i mean they've had but listen if you want to look at good iron man matches versus a bad one this is a bad one you compare hart michaels and it's it, it hurts to even say this because i love hart and michaels you compare hart and michaels to the hour-long iron man match between um brock lesnar and kurt angle from smackdown i think that was back in what oh three i mean it's night and day even triple h and and the rock had a better iron man match um didn't Cena and Michaels have an Iron Man match once? No, they just had the Broadway right, right. Raw. It was like 55-minute long but match. But it wasn't the Iron Man match, I mean, so. for two guys like this to have a match of this, I mean, it was just, a, I never liked it. I didn't want that. that it just was a, not a good match. The one, the two interesting things about this WrestleMania that I will bring out is it's the WrestleMania premiere of Steve Austin. I think he went on to bigger and better things as time went on. And Diesel Taker, I have to... Question: I'd love to ask anybody who knows about this, if and I'm sure they, they had a plan for this. Diesel Taker, if Diesel's not leaving, I have to assume their program's going to run longer. And I don't see them coming together as quickly as they did, obviously. Wasn't a bad match for Diesel Taker, but I have to assume under different circumstances, they could have had a much better program, those two. Do you happen to know in that knowledgeable mind of yours who was behind the booking and the producing of the Iron Man match? I believe it's Pat and Vince, like how everything was back then, and just it made no sense. I got, I get where they were coming from. They wanted to be, you know, the athletic company. It just, it was just not, not good. Uh, WrestleMania 13. Listen, oh boy, 
It was a bad time for the WWE. They were getting the shit ripped out of them by WCW. I mean, WCW's B team was putting on better shows than than, than WWE was at the no, time. B team's on Raw now. Not, not, yeah. they weren't around back then. They were still. I they may they may have been born, but they were still little kids. You know, I mean, if you if you looked at the worst WCW could put out there, it still beat whatever WWF was putting out there. Raw was terrible. There was no SmackDown. Um, didn't Shock on Saturday Night premiere at this point? I think. Was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it might, that, it might have been that summer, actually. Anybody who understands who was around back then understands. Ninety-seven was a bad year. Everybody talks about what a great year it was for WWF. It was great in the sense it built things up. This WrestleMania thirteen and WWF in ninety-seven is the equivalent of a team having a really bad season and then going into the draft and redrafting and restructuring everything. I mean, of course, WrestleMania thirteen is mostly known for. Austin Listen, Hart. Austin Hart, go on the WWE Network, go on YouTube. To me, this is probably the best match in WWE history. If not, it's a top fiver. I mean, it's got everything. You have the brawler against technician. You have the double turn. You're not going to see a much better match than this match. In my estimation, it's got to be one of your top ten matches in wrestling history, period. The only other match I could take out of this card that wasn't that bad, it was a unique tag team match, is Hart, Bulldog, Vader, Mankind. Really wasn't a bad match. Besides Austin and Hart, the one thing I take away from this pay-per-view had to be in the six-man match where Farouk basically dies. And nobody makes a big deal out of it. The guy goes right over, pancakes out of the ring, and nobody cares. Uh, either way, though, ugly pay-per-view. That takes us to a new era. Well, before you jump to that, I do have one question about Hart Michaels. We know famously it was a double turn. Has there ever been a double turn that worked as well as that did on that night? Um, people talk about Demolition's double turn with the Power of Pain at Survivor Series uh, 88. Uh, the issue I have with that is at that point, Demolition was a good example of somebody that was so white hot that they were over to begin with. And the turning face just basically made it you know, almost like the cherry on top. You've had, listen, it happened with the Road Warriors, happened with the Rock, happened with a few times where guys were so white hot that turning them face, the pop was just getting louder. They were already getting pops as a heel. It, otherwise, that's probably the only one I could think of where it really worked out to the benefit of both characters and the product as a whole. All right, now we're going to go into WrestleMania 14. Of course, we know this is the beginning of the Attitude Era. It's the dawn of the Attitude Era. I know it's a little rough spot. I know you were a huge WCW fan. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> okay, so, you know. Um, this Hart- is a good pay-per-view. Triple H, Owen Hart, good match. New Age Outlaws, Cactus Jack, Chainsaw Charlie, good match. Great Michaels brawl. Austin, good match. Uh, Taker Kane's a good match. I mean, how Meltzer gives Taker and Kane a star and a half is beyond me. It was the first time we really ever saw anyone outside of Hogan and Warrior, I think, kick out of the tombstone. Kane put on a good match. This was a good pay-per-view. It was the beginning of the Attitude Era. It took WWF out of the pile of shit they were in and put them into the you know the realm of at least WCW at the time. This was a good pay-per-view. Now they gave Meltzer gave him gave uh, the main event three and a quarter stars. If Shawn Michaels back oh, was five healthy, star match, how Listen, much better would that match have been? If Michaels back is healthy and Austin's neck is healthy, that's a five star match. That's it. There, my obviously Austin was in better shape than Michaels was, but that's a five star match. Otherwise, I'll throw another question at you. Yeah, it's the dawn of an of a new era. If Michaels isn't injured, is he laying down as easily? Oh, that's also something that I've always brought up. How much different would the Attitude Era have been with Michaels around? Oh, listen, guys like Michaels and Pillman and Attitude? Can't even imagine how that would have gone. 
Now we'll go to WrestleMania. WrestleMania! I mean, this is this is the reason why WCW went down the way it did on the Vince Russo. Fans, I'm telling you now, Vince Russo having Vince McMahon as a filter, you see what happens when he doesn't. He has a great mind. I'm not anti-Russo by any means. He has a mind for the business. Take away a filter, and you see what it turns into with WCW. This was as close to WCW as WWF could get is WrestleMania 15. This is basically an episode of Monday Night Raw on steroids. I never saw a WrestleMania with so many backstage segments and so much sports entertainment, if you will. You had one good match with Austin at the Rock at the end. Otherwise, this is an absolute catastrophe of a WrestleMania. It's probably best known for a guy getting hanged out of a Hell in a Cell. To the point that I don't even think it's on the collections episode of Hell in a Cell on the network. Yeah, it's bad, bad. It's been erased from history. Uh, WrestleMania 16, more affectionately known as WrestleMania 2000. This is, is one of those interesting WrestleManias because Austin's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you're banking on other guys. I think Jericho was supposed to be in your main event, but got taken out and replaced by Foley. This is kind of Foley's last hurrah as a main eventer, basically. This was his 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 gold watch, if yeah. you will. I mean, it's not a... We gave it bad. If you really break it down and look at it, listen, the first TLC is an absolute classic, although next year's TLC in WrestleMania 17, I think, was actually better. Um... Angle, Benoit, Jericho was a pretty good match. A little bit of overbooking there with putting both titles on the line, etc., etc. I like the fact, though, that they made it two separate matches back-to-back instead of just the yeah, person. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's a bad pay-per-view. In your main event, the Four Corners match, the Elimination-style match, wasn't a bad match until the end. The ending kind of just shit on everything. It's not a great pay-per-view. It's not even good. I go bad. Um, not hard to watch, though, bad. It, it's watchable bad. To me, it was too many tag team matches. Oh, absolutely. Listen, it's tag team mania. I mean, there's not one singles match in this entire card. Now we go to WrestleMania 17. This is where things started to get pretty good for the WWF. There was a run, I'd say, from the end of Attitude, which is basically what WrestleMania 17 is, through probably WrestleMania 21, where you had really good pay-per-views. Ruthless Aggression, to me, I think is the apex of WWE, WWF programming. I think Ruthless, Ruthless Aggression... You have a great roster with WCW coming in and ECW coming in. Um, you take comedic, edgy storylines of attitude, throw it in with great matches, and that's what you get between WrestleMania 17, 18, 19, and 20, and 21. Uh, 17 is a good WrestleMania. It is Arguably, it's the best WrestleMania there's been. Um, I think 18 is better. I'll get to that in a minute. But if you, know, you open up a Jericho Regal, which is a good match, uh, Guerrero Test even was a good match. You know, it's too bad Test turned out the way he did. I thought he was a pretty good worker. Benoit Angle is one of the lost classics in WWE history. Uh, Vincent Shane's a good match. Your tag team match, TLC2, Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian, and Hardy Boys is a classic. Triple H Taker is a great match that came out of nowhere. And Austin Rock always gave us a good match. You know, you had the ending with the Austin trying to turn heel. We know that didn't work out. But otherwise, this is a good pay-per-view. I say even great. Not to be outdone, though, WrestleMania 18. To me, this is probably your best WrestleMania ever. Just if you go down the actual card, you only have one real dud of a match, which is Maven against Goldust. Question. 
Would you say that WrestleMania 18 had the second most iconic moment in WrestleMania history with the face-off of Hogan and Rock in the ring? Um, iconic, yes, but not like that legendary iconic where you had, you know, Andre and Hogan. I think it was big. I mean, if you look at the card and go down it, Van Dam Regal, great match, great way to open it. Christian DDP was a good match. Angle Kane, I think, is a very underrated match. Flair Taker, I'm saying it right now, is Flair's best WWE match. Agreed. Edge Booker T was actually kind of a letdown. I, want, I actually want to go back to the Flair match there. That had everything. That had story behind it. It had the blood for the hardcore fans. It had the cameo by Arn Anderson with the Great spine, spine buster. buster. Great spine buster. And I think that might also be the first time that Taker referenced the streak. Because at the end after the match, he put the 10 fingers up. Right. Implying he was 10-0. and 0. Yeah, I liked 18 a lot. I thought 18 was a great card. And I'll be honest with you, here's a little known fact about me. My favorite wrestling match of all time, believe it or not, as far as WWF goes, is Rock against Hogan. That is my favorite WWF match ever. Um, that match, to me, just the crowd being as into it as it was, the crowd being fired up, the switching where the Rock becomes the heel and Hogan becomes the face... Jim Ross's iconic call with the leg drop. He defeated. He used this to defeat Andre the Giant with that move. I mean, to me, it's just a great match. This is a great card. If you have a minute, I would absolutely watch WrestleMania 18 right now if I had a minute to watch it. Even Jericho, Triple H, and listen, they had to come on. I mean, right after Hogan Rock. <laughs> How are you gonna good up? luck to yeah. that? So, but they still did a good job. That I mean, and listen, WrestleMania 19 right afterwards, another good WrestleMania. Wait, before you jump to 19. Last question on 18. Is this the first time that you can remember that a major character in WWE had to be changed from heel to face or face to heel because of the fans? I can't think of one. You know, the one thing about WrestleMania 18 that really sticks out for me, and it's funny because I'm looking at the actual card right now. Listen to the names on this card. Rob Van Dam, William Regal, Christian, DDP, Goldust, Kurt Angle, Kane, Ric Flair, Undertaker, Edge, Booker T, Steve Austin, Scott Hall, Dudley Boys, Hardy Boys, Rock, Hogan, Jericho, Triple H. All Hall of Famers or... On one card. Or soon to be Hall of Famers in the next five years. On one card. On one card. That's what you have. I mean, Jericho won't be a Hall of Famer for at least three years until his AEW contract expires. But still... (laughs) But that brings even... Now WrestleMania 19. WrestleMania 19 is where you start to see WWE uh, flip the page, so to speak. There's a lot of new names in this WrestleMania. You open up with Hardy against Mysterio. Not a bad match. This is a good pay-per-view. Jericho Michaels, the return of Shawn Michaels, which maybe we'll discuss one day. Jericho Michaels, to me, is a classic underrated match. One of the best matches those guys have ever had. They worked so well together, it was ridiculous. Uh, Triple H Booker T was a good match. Hogan McMahon, great match. Piper comes out of nowhere and cracks Hogan over the head. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Rock Austin finished up their trilogy with a great match. And, of course, it's most famously for being Austin's last match. And Angle Lesnar. Angle Lesnar. If Lesnar hits that shooting star press, WWF, WWE, they're showing that replay probably more than Hogan slamming Andre. He hits that. That match, to me, is an eight-star match. Missing it takes away from it. It was a great match, great pay per view. I have no problems with WrestleMania 19. Even missing it is kind of a on the Absolutely, highlight yeah, reels. They played all well. Yeah, they played that a lot. 
But yeah, that was the one thing that I, I mean I don't know. I guess it's a botch. That one botch ruins that one that match. Absolutely, I, and it's unfortunate because it really was a great match. Lesnar was lucky with that though. Because oh, he almost that, got killed. That that could have ended his career. Um, WrestleMania 20. There's a new face on the horizon here. A little oh. known guy that maybe some of us have heard of. Opening up WrestleMania, his first WrestleMania action. Wait, wait, they, they can't see me. Oh, uh, ah, they can't, they can't see me. They can't they see can't. you. I kind of meant what I was, I was doing the, you can't see me hand over my face. Obviously, you guys can't see me. And they really doing can't it. see you. <laughs> I keep punting myself. It didn't mean any puns here. But yeah, this is the coming out part of the introduction, if you will, of Mr. John, John Cena. Cena. And I got to say, listen, I'll get some flack for this. I don't care. I will argue this till the day I turn blue in the face and die. You have to put John Cena on the Mount Rushmore of the WWE. I don't care what anybody says. If we're just basing it on wrestlers, can't put Vince up there because just, just basing it on wrestlers, you got to go Hogan, you got to go Rock, you got to go Austin, you got to go Cena. Those are your four biggest names in the history of this company. Cena has carried this company for the better part of almost 20 years. We'll get into him another time, but this is where he opens up his uh, career at WrestleMania. WrestleMania 20 is not a great WrestleMania. Um, but I think that I think the main event was good. I think the triple threat match was one yeah, of the best a, triple threat matches there were. Obviously, it was the Benoit coming out party, giving the smaller guys a chance to have the titles. Yeah, ended it with the confetti with Eddie in Madison Square Garden. Who would have thought five years earlier that you would have seen Eddie and Guerrero and Chris Benoit in the middle of Madison Square Garden holding up the two top titles in WWE? Yeah, it's, all, it's all cute and nice, but if you're actually looking at the matches itself, you know, forget the, the, you know, the symbolism. I don't see the iconicism in that, honestly. I was never a huge fan of Guerrero and Benoit personally, so I didn't see the big deal about it. I mean, it was nice. It was cute. They both won the titles. Um, Jericho Christian, to me, is a good match. Uh, Angle Guerrero is a good match. And yeah, the Triple Threat's a good match. It's a good pay-per-view 20th anniversary, we're back in the garden. I have no problem with this. Obviously, Goldberg, Lesnar, you were hoping for something better, but they were both leaving. Really not a bad pay-per-view. Uh, WrestleMania 21, I think it's a lot of shit. This is not a bad WrestleMania. You open up a Guerrero Mysterio. Guerrero Mysterio had a good uh, feud. You know, from there, I believe this is your first Money in the Bank match. Yeah, well, back to Guerrero and Mysterio. They were tag team champions at the time, too. Right. Now, this WrestleMania 21, I think, is, is where you get that really good Ruthless Aggression pay-per-view. And there were a lot of them. I think, I know, I'm hoping one day we can kind of break down Ruthless Aggression. I think it's one of those eras that really isn't spoken about a lot. But that really was a good era for the WWF as a whole. Or WWE already this time. Um... Guerrero Mysterio opening up is great. Your first Money in the Bank ladder match. Edge, Benoit, Jericho, Benjamin, Christian, Kane. Great match. Orton on the takeover was a pretty good match. Michael's Angle. Michael's Angle, I could watch this match a hundred times. This is one of the best matches in WWE history. And it does not get the show it should. JBL, John Cena. People forget what a great few these guys had. JBL and Cena. They had one of the best bloodbath matches of all time. Uh, I'm not... Remembering what pay-per-view it was. I think it was an I Quit match, possibly. Where it was uh, later on in, in, I think, uh, in their feud together. But this is, this is a yeah, great feud. It was later on in the year, this year. But, uh, yeah, I remember that gusher, that Cena. Yep. And, yeah, Triple H and Batista. I think WrestleMania 21 is good, which then takes us over to WrestleMania 22. Another good pay-per-view. I actually really enjoyed WrestleMania 22. I actually thought WrestleMania 22 was a good pay-per-view. Uh, Cena, Triple H in your main event was a solid main event. Michaels McMahon was solid, which with Michaels coming off the top of the ladder and basically killing Vince McMahon. 
Um, Mysterio, Angle, and Orton. I mean, granted, Angle basically carries this match. I think it was a good match. It really was not a bad pay-per-view. And I'll be honest with you, a sleeper match in this is Benoit Layfield. But the one match that sticks out for me the most from WrestleMania 22 has got to be Foley and Edge. The burning table, spear through the burning table. Love it. Love it. The only time in WrestleMania history I believe you got the, oh my God! Yeah, I, listen, WrestleMania 22, good WrestleMania. WrestleMania 23, you know, like I said, part of that um, ruthless aggression era as is 24. I mean, I think you're looking at another good WrestleMania here. Cena Michaels with Michaels, you know, saying they're going, hurry up, I have a job to do with. I think it's a great moment in WrestleMania history. Um, you had a great Money in the Bank match. Flair Michaels, I love it. I mean, two of my favorite performers going at it. Orton, Cena, Triple H. Good match, even though Cena and Orton did most of the work there. Triple H was going through his fat stage at that point. Um, not a bad WrestleMania. WrestleMania 25. I'm sorry, no. Um, WrestleMania 24. We skipped over one. 24 is another good pay-per-view. I think your Money in the Bank there is a good one with Punk, Jericho, MVP, Kennedy, Morrison, Carlito, and Benjamin. Uh, the brawl with Finley and JBL. Yeah, no, this is this is a good pay-per-view. And listen, even Edge Taker. I liked Edge Taker. All right, now we get to some of the uglier ones. WrestleMania 25. Uh, 25 is going to be conjecture because it's it's that first heart of uh, heart. It was that first Undertaker and Michaels match. Great match. Great match. Definitely take time to watch it. Great match. Um, I think that was better than the following year, the one that retires. Yeah, uh, I could Sean. say that. Um, otherwise, I, I don't give much to this WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania 26, I think, is a good WrestleMania. Um, a Punk Mysterio is a good match. Triple H Sheamus is a good match. Uh, your Money in the Bank was actually a pretty good match. Jericho and Edge is a good match. Uh, Taker Michaels is a classic. And Cena Batista actually had a good match. This is a good WrestleMania. The Brett Vince match was just a cluster. Yeah, (laughs) Brett was back, so I was happy about that. Uh, WrestleMania 27. I'm just saying, ugly, 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 ugly. You have a WrestleMania with Snooki in it. It's ugly. There's really... I mean, your main event was Cena against Miz. You know this was the end of... Ruthless aggression, and we're moving into that whole PG. Yeah, this was era. Just... You could see the shifting of the economy, the way they were thinking, the way they were booking. Things just started it was to ugly. Shift. This is the start of a couple of ugly WrestleManias in a row. Um, Twenty-seven is ugly. Twenty-eight. I mean, Punk Jericho. You can salvage it, and Rock and Cena maybe salvage that, make it watchable. Uh, Taker Triple H in their first battle, well, their second battle, but you know their first quote unquote battle, back to back years. Yeah, this was not a fun pay per view to watch. Uh, WrestleMania twenty nine. That's when you start to see some of your NXT guys really start showing up at WrestleMania, where you have the Shield showing up here, Ryback is showing up over here. Um, not a fun pay per view. I think your Raw the next night was actually more fun to watch. Um, Taker Punk was as good as you're going to get out of that one. Triple H, Brock Lesnar, definitely not a good match. And Rock Cena was the rematch. You know, you know, Cena, it's just not a good pay-per-view at all. Uh, WrestleMania 30, I know a lot of guys like this WrestleMania. I'm not a fan of it. I think da- Daniel Bryan and Triple H you open mean, up you together. Mean, wait, wait, you mean Yeselmania? Yeah, it's... <laughs> honestly, this WrestleMania has a lot of similarities to this year's WrestleMania with the way DB and... And Kofi are going at it. I'm just... 
I mean, Cena, why it was a fun match. This was not a fun WrestleMania. I think the best part was when Austin and, and Rock and uh, Hogan get in the ring together. And Hogan, of course, calls it the Silver Dome, not the yep. Super Dome. But, you know, there, there are a lot of icon, iconic booking moments during WrestleMania 30. I mean, the streak ends. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, let's discuss this. Okay, the streak ending, I was never a fan of it. I always I want that streak to continue forever. It ended clean. It ended without any controversy. The crowd reaction, I think, was what really made this special. Uh, my reaction was, was I didn't know what to say. I liked that that one guy with his eyes bulging out of his head right from yeah, the get-go. The Undertaker guy, he's called. You know, I, I just... As bad of a pay-per-view as it is, if there's one match you're going to watch, yeah, obviously it's Taker Lesnar just for that crowd reaction. Uh, WrestleMania 31. Paulie's reaction, too. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> WrestleMania 31, ah, it's bad. I mean, you have your, your money in the bank isn't bad. Orton Rollins is not a bad match. And Rollins cashing in at the end, it just, it just wasn't a great WrestleMania. Um... I'd even put it on, I mean, Triple H Sting to me is just embarrassing in a lot of ways. Um, that, but, was, that was more for, I think, fan service to bring the NWO yeah. in and DX in and all that. I, I It was 10 years too late Yeah, as I mean, far as I'm concerned when it comes to Sting and uh, Triple H. Yeah, I mean, you look at it right now, and you're looking at WrestleMania now, we're at 32. Um, you're in Dallas, you break the, the, the all-time you know record for... For WrestleMania, as far as uh, attendance goes, there's not much going on in this WrestleMania. I mean, this is where the women's movement really starts to come to fruition. I was about, that's what I was about to say. I, was, I could see, you could see this as being actually the the, birth the beginning of of the women's of the movement. women's yeah. evolution. Uh, not much else goes on in this pay per view, even worth discussing. WrestleMania 33. Uh, to, to me, this this you can tell. I'm sorry. The, anytime you have Baron Corbin in a match for the IC title. I'm cheating all over it. Well, it was the pre-show. Yeah. Styles, McShane, I mean, eh. Owens-Jericho, I think, could have been a better match. Um, there's just not much going on in this WrestleMania. I mean, the, the highlight of the night was probably Nikki Bella getting proposed to. Uh, to me, this is the, what we're dealing with now issues, is you're trying to stuff so much into yeah. WrestleMania that you're sacrificing quality for quantity. I mean, Lesnar Goldberg had no business being here. Reigns Undertaker. I mean, Undertaker puts the hat in the coat in the middle of the ring. And but he's back the next year, so you know what? And multiple matches after that. WrestleMania 34. We watched this together. Um, I'm not going to say this was horrible. Questionable uh, booking. Questionable booking. A lot of questionable booking. I think that's the whole uh, issue with WWE today is the questionable booking. And, I mean, WrestleMania 34 and 35, I think, are, are suffering from the same issues. Is that you're, you're having a lot of overbooking going on right now. Let's let's pull up tomorrow's card and get into some of the issues we're facing. Oh, well, tomorrow's card. So, sit tight. We'll be here for the next three years listing the card because there's about 18 matches. This is expected to go, well, maybe 14 and a half, 15 hours. I'm pulling it up right I, now. We were going to go to this, but honestly, I'm not spending eight hours in the cold to watch WrestleMania. I mean, let's, if we're going to go match by match, I mean, you know, here we go. The revival against Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Can somebody please explain to me why, um, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder in a tag team match. Colin, please, let's talk about it. 
Uh, Usos, Ricochet and Aleister Black in the bar, and Nakamura and Rusev. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the Women's Battle Royal, I'm sure that won't be on the main card. No, the, the, I can tell you they already announced that the 205 Live and the two Battle Royals will be on the pre-show. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, you know my feelings on this. I am not into this card, what, I mean, this match whatsoever. Kofi Kingston does not belong in this match against Daniel Bryan. I like Daniel Bryan as a heel. I like what he's doing. This is not a match that he should be in at WrestleMania. We can rebook WrestleMania all day, but we're starting to run low on time, so let's get through it. The Boston Hug Connection against Beth Phoenix, Natalia, and the Iconics. I don't care for that match. Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre could be a good match. If these guys are up and ready to go, that might be your, your show stealer, so to speak. That's the sleeper match of the night. Lashley, Finn Balor. Uh, love Finn Balor. Not a fan of Lashley. Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio. Mysterio does not belong anywhere near WrestleMania. He needs to retire and go on with his life. Samoa Joe would be better served in a better, in a better angle, better match. DeAndre Bauer Royal, that'll, I'm sure Braun Strowman will win that one. Um, Styles Orton could be a good match. I've never been a fan of Orton. I don't know where it's going to go, but I'd like to see Styles win. McMahon, Miz, next please. Kurt Angle, Baron Corbin. It's a shame this is how Kurt Angle goes out. Triple H, Batista. I just hope neither one of these guys winds up dead because honestly, what was last time Triple H had a match where he didn't get hurt? Um, yeah, the Buddy Murphy, Tony Nese, as you mentioned. Now for your double main event. Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch. What happened on Monday night was absolutely fucking comic gold. When Ronda Rousey is sticking out of the car, and that handcuffed, knee. and the knee hits her. That is one of the mean, that is the iconic moment of 2019 so far. Go on YouTube, put in that, and add Benny Hill. Someone edited the Benny Hill music Hilarious. In. Bottom line is this. They've blown this main event. They wanted it to be the first women's main event. They've overbooked it, overcomplicated it. They've killed Be- any momentum Becky had. Now she's not that Austin character they wanted. It they added in Charlotte, which wasn't necessary. People wanted to see Becky versus Ronda. They, they, you know how you could have made this match cool, honestly. Make it a triple threat elimination match, basically a three way dance. And let Flair and Lynch destroy Rousey. I guarantee that crowd would have popped for that big time. And then we get our main event, which should be hopefully, God willing, our last match, our true main event, Lesnar-Rollins. I'm not crazy about this. I don't think Rollins... I don't think Lesnar belongs here. I think at this point, it's time to move on from Lesnar. I think had you had Rollins versus Daniel Bryan, champion versus champion, that would have been more entertaining. Than Lesnar against Rollins. Well, tomorrow is WrestleMania. We will, on next week's podcast, review WrestleMania 35. We want to thank you for the ini- coming to our initial broadcast of Will You Stop? We will be here every week, posting on YouTube. Hopefully, we're going to be on Spotify soon and iTunes. And we want to thank you. Again, I'm Brandon. This has been Avi. We hope to see you next week on Will You Stop? The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.